Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Paradigm 132 Podcast, and I am your humble and gracious host, Rashad Horn. And on today's episode, I want to talk about life insurance, right? But I'm not going to go in depth with it, um, arguing about what's better, whole, or, or it's term better. I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. I want to talk about it from a transparent standpoint, talking about a situation that occurred with me, and then I want to kind of get into it. So I'm going to kind of go around the world a little bit, but then I'm going to I'm going to bring it back home. So I'm just kind of giving you a, an outline, right? So about two to three weeks before Christmas, I got on the scale. I was 265 pounds. I said, oh my goodness. What in the world have I been doing? 265? What I mean, what am I doing? And I was like, man, that's that's crazy, right? That's crazy. So I said, man, I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta take extreme measures. I mean, I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta get back in the gym. I gotta, you know, push ups, sit ups. I, I mean, I gotta get back to it. And something said, Rashad, 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 stop, 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 stop. You did the gym. And I'm recording this on January 1st, 2022, right? And the reason I'm saying this is because this is the time of the year where gyms say that they make the most or they have the most people between January and February. They have the most people that join gyms because that's a lot of people's New Year's resolution. Hey, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to do all this. But that begins to fade away around March, April, May, June, or whatever. So, again... Going back to a statement about it's not how much knowledge that you take in. It's about how much knowledge you apply, right? So I said, well, okay, let me apply some knowledge here. Because I know that I've done the gym before, right? I did it. And similar to other people, I didn't keep, I didn't keep it going. I stopped, right? I stopped. You know, I would get home and I'd be like, you know, I, I, I don't I don't feel like going to the gym. I, you know, I don't want to go to the gym, right? And obviously, with you know, with the COVID and stuff going on, you know, some people are a lot less likely to want to be around people versus other people. But, I mean, I'm not that type of person. But it's like, no, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really want to go, right? I don't really want to go. And so I said, well, what am I going to do? I, I mean, I'm at 265. I mean, what am I going to do? So, I thought again, I said, well, what did you do when you were younger? Like, you didn't have a gym when you were 11, 12, 13. What, what did you do then? I rode bikes. I ride my bike to my friend's house. I would walk. You know, I would do all this stuff. We would go play basketball. We would take, you know, go play football. We would go do all that type of stuff right there, right? And it was like, okay, Rashad, go buy a bike. A bicycle over the over the duration of a year is going to be cheaper than your gym membership and your gym membership is not just easy to get out of a gym membership i was listening to a podcast before and they were like getting out of a gym membership you know the contract that you sign it's not an easy thing to do because they don't they don't because it's not too many businesses and things where even if you don't go even if you don't participate in it they're still going to get paid so, of course, they don't want to just let you go out of it, right? So, like, nah. You know, and plus me and my wife, we just recently got a 
got out, got out of ours because she was like, I can work out at home. And that's the truth, right? You can work out at home. So, went to Walmart, bought a bike, right? And so that's what I've been doing. I've, I come home from work, I ride my bike, I've, I've, I've mapped out a trail, a pretty good trail, not, not too much traffic. I can leave home, I can ride around him. I do, I, I go on the route about two times. It's about five miles. And so each week, I'm trying to do a little bit more. So it's five miles now, and that's two times. So next time I'm gonna try to go three times, right? And go four, you know, maybe even try to go five, or you know, whatever whatever the time allows me, uh, uh, allow, allows me to go. And probably about four years ago, four to five years ago, I bought a, a boxing stand, right? And a punching bag. So my bag ended up getting um, ruined because it was out in the elements. It was out in rain and stuff like that. So my dad was like, the stand is still good. The bag is just, is bad. So I ordered me a punching bag. I told my dad to bring my stand back in here. So at night, that's what I do. I get out there on the bag for about 30 minutes and then I finish it off with about 200 jump rope. And then I come back in the house and then I don't eat anything else, right? So that's what I've been doing. And so when I go to work and work, I do my little meal plans, right? I got the little little things that you can put, you know, your food in, and it's just the one meal you eat today, a day. Now, I got to work on trying not to snack so much, right? But they said that if you drink a lot of water, not only does it help flush your body, but water helps those cravings that you have when you're like, like when you're hungry, just drink water. It's supposed to kind of, you know, fill you up, right? And I've stopped drinking drinks. Not, well, I'm not going to say I stopped cold turkey. Um, I'm not drinking as many, right? I may drink maybe one drink a week now, you know? So that's that's a lot better than me buying two and three drinks and drinking two and three drinks a day and stuff like that. So, and that's when I realized it's like, you know, it really is mine, right? Like, I'm not... Because I was working, and I, not to get off on the tennis, but I was working for for um, a sub, subsidy or subsidiary of Pepsi. And that's one of the things they told us in the meeting. was like, our biggest seller is Mountain Dew because it's addictive. Like, they're telling us that it's addictive. And me being that close, and it's, it's kind of like, I mean, it's wild, right? Because you don't look at caffeine as something that's addictive, but it is. And so I didn't know how bad it was until I'm like, I'm working around Mountain Dew every day and I got to have a Mountain Dew every day, right? So I was drinking a Mountain Dew every single day, right? But, and even when I got to, you know, over the road again and I'm like, I need to get a Mountain Dew, the, you know, the big two liter, I meant the big one liter joints. I'm like, I'm drinking two of them because they don't sell. And so now since I'm back to drinking water, I'm looking at the prices and I'm like a one liter of Mountain Dew is cheaper. I think a one liter of Mountain Dew because they always running the sale on it. Like I think it's in most places, it's like $1.79. But a one liter of water that is 9.5 pH, it's like 249, 250, almost 260. So it's like, you're going to pay more, at least you feel that you're going to pay more, to try to 
change your lifestyle versus continue to do what it is that you want to do as far as like drinking drinks, eating snacks and all this stuff like that. Because in the in the long run, the cost associated with continuing to eat that way is going to be way more than you making a sacrifice saying, hey, you know what, I'm just going to drink water. You know, I'm going to eat an apple, I'm going to eat an orange. It, it costs more in right now, but over the lifetime of it, when you add, when you compound the drinks, snacks, and then as you get older and the things that you have to get done to your body and stuff like that, that far outseeds an extra dollar or so that you have to pay for a salad or water, right? Anyway, that's a different discussion. So, I mean, that's, that's what I've been doing, right? And so I've gone down from 265 till I got on the scale this morning prior to me going to ride my bike, and I was at 249. So my goal is to get to around 215, 210, 215, and I want to, I'm going to buy me a, a weight set, you know, and work out at the house and stuff like that. And so that's what I'm doing because because what hit me was like I can't fit a lot of my clothes anymore. The shirts I can fit, pants. I can't fit my pants. So I'm going, so that's the motivating factor because it's just like I could have just been like, oh, well, forget it. I just buy some bigger pants. But I'm not a big clothes person, right? I've had some of the same clothes for like five or six years. So now seeing that I can't fit those same clothes anymore, my next object is not, oh, well, let me go take them to the Salvation Army and let's go up a pants size. No. Let's not go up a pants size. Let's let's get back to the size where these clothes fit. Not tight, but this is your size. So so that's what so that's what I'm doing, right? So Touching on the life insurance because I because I I, I wanna I'm, I'm I'm tying all this I'm tying all this in together but just to just to touch on it right so get back to the um, the point right so two or three months prior to that um, I applied for a life insurance policy right and I'll say this you know I'm not gonna tell you the number but it was over fifty thousand dollars right so you can let your mind wonder what it was but it was over fifty k. And so when I called to get the policy, the, I guess you want to call the insurance, insurance adjuster or, or whoever the particular person was, they said, okay, well, Mr. Horn, uh, we're going to need to for you to set up a, a time for a nurse to come out and draw blood. I was like, draw blood? What, what are you drawing blood for? What, what, what do you mean? I said, okay, well, fine. You know, she can, you know, they can come on this particular day. So, I got my blood drawn because they were like, we have to get these results back before we can say yay or nay on extending you this policy. I said, because I'm ignorant to the, I'm ignorant to the process, right? Because all I'm hearing is the guru saying, hey, one of the ways that black people can help try to close the wealth gap. Is getting an insurance policy. You can get a a term life insurance policy for fifteen, twenty dollars a month. You know, five, six hundred thousand, uh, two hundred thousand, hundred thousand, fifty thousand, whatever. They can help close the gap. So that's all I'm thinking. I'm not taking into consideration that I need to get some blood work done to actually see if my body 
similar to my credit score, is good enough for them to say, we will extend you this policy. So I got the results back. Everything checked out fine. Uh, he said, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, Mr. Horn, you're good. You got the policy. These are the terms of it. You got some, um, what all I got with it? Like some short-term disability, you know, just um, stuff like that. So you got all of that, right? I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. So they emailed me the results for everything, and I, I looked at everything. It was only one thing on there that was kind of like I need to work on, right? But and that was and and <laughs> when I think about it, when I look at it, I'm like, I mean, that's. That's something that you do need to work on, but it's kind of like when you think about some of the things, at least that I eat, because I'm not a vegan, I'm not a vegetarian, or nothing like that. You know, I like I like eat meat and stuff like that. But it was like a higher deposit of protein. And so when I looked at what it meant, it was like you're eating too much meat. And so they were saying like when you urinate, you're not supposed to have an extreme amount of foam in the toilet when you urinate. And it was like, if you got a lot of foam in there, that's because you're eating a lot of meat and there's too much protein in there. And that's what that is. It's making your urine foamy when it hits the toilet. And I'm thinking like, well, my urine has been foamy for as long as I can remember. I thought it was normal, right? But when I read the description of it, I'm like, well, <laughs> I do go to... <laughs> The gas station and stuff like that and get the gas station chicken and uh, you know I, I eat naked hamburgers and stuff like that so I guess yeah that kind of does make sense you know you know but it's I mean there's no laughing matter but I, it didn't it didn't say like it was like detrimental or anything like that but that's just that's something I need to work on right but everything else you know came out you know good right so I was like okay well that's that's good but I was like I don't know any gurus talk about this, right? I don't know if it's behind a paywall that they that they say things like that, but I said even if a person in our community, because you know they say our community is predisposed to a lot of things such as diabetes and certain types of cancers and stuff like this, but even if a person wants to get that amount, uh, a large amount of life insurance, if their body doesn't pass the test then you're not going to have the money to pass down, right? And so we see it, at least in my in, in the area that I say, that I stay in, a person passes away and, okay, well, we're going to have a fish fry for them or we're going to have a benefit program for them at the church and stuff like that. And a lot of times these people probably, if they did get that, because you go to a doctor, you get blood work done, right? And so I believe it was Ray Dalio. I was reading one of his books, and he was talking about, it was either Ray Dalio or Damon John. It was, it was, it was one of the two, right? But they, they were talking about something called a CEO physical, right? And so they were saying, like, well, hey, you know, I get a regular physical annually, right, to make sure everything is, up, you know, up and going. And that regular physical didn't, you know, put out any results that said, well, hey, something's bad, right? But when they got the CEO physical, it went a step further. And when they went a step further, they realized that, hey, something's going on and you, you need to go and get some surgery, right? We, we caught it in time. 
And so when I read that, it made me stop and think about the blood work, the regular blood work you get when you go to the hospital versus the blood work that you get if you're trying to get an insurance policy that has a large amount of money that your family is set to inherit, you know, after you succumb. And I said, man, that's wild. Because there's a lot of people who go to the doctor, you know, often, and they get blood work drawn, but they're not getting the same blood work that a person that's going to be CEO gets. Because as I was reading, it was saying the CEO has to have a good report back from that physical because the shareholders and stuff need to know that the person that they're giving this responsibility to is in good health because we don't want to give a position, a position like that to a person that is not healthy, right? Because you don't want to hire a CEO one year and then come to find out, you know, got stage four prostate cancer and he has a couple of days to live because it's going to send ripples through the shop, up and through the stock and all this stuff like that. It's going to cause some trouble. And I think, I forgot what the price point of the physical was, but it, it wasn't affordable for the average American by any stretch of the imagination, but the company paid for it, right? And so when we get back to the insurance and we're talking about giving generational wealth or passing down generational changing money to somebody, your body has to be as close to peak performance or peak health as it can be before they give you that because insurance companies are not in the business to just give money away, right? And a lot of times we know if they make a claim or if you try to make a claim as it, as it pertains to <laughs> getting some insurance for something, they're going to send a gesture out there. They're going to do all this stuff like this because I know we had a tree that fell in my backyard. And messed up a, messed up the fence, well, completely obliterated the fence. I ain't gonna say mess it up, completely obliterated. You know, nicked a little piece of the edge of a, of a, I guess an awning type structure that we got. And the guy came out here and he was like, well, we gotta depreciate the value of the fence and blah, blah, blah. So after he calculated it up, my deductible that I had to pay was higher then they were gonna give me a check to fix it. Because the tree was still in my yard. And the crazy thing about the tree is, and I don't know if you know this, right? Because you don't you don't know it because unless unless it happens to you. That's like how I always I'm enamored because I, I listen to a lot of guys that like come from jail and stuff like that because it's one of my interests. Because I, I try to put all that stuff together and see how all that stuff combines with, with, with certain stuff I read. One of the things that you notice, if you ever watch a guy's interview that's been in jail or something like that, them jokers know the law. <laughs> them jokers start knowing the law. They start saying, hey, you know, this, this, and this, because it, it happens firsthand. And so now they have a, a piece of knowledge that they wouldn't have had had that experience not happened to them. So when I realized that I'm going to pay you this amount for a, for a deductible and then y'all are going to send me back half of it 
and a check to fix it, even though I know that I would still have to turn around and pay more for it to be fixed. I said, I'm not doing that. Why? Why would I do that? But that's when I realized if I have a tree, say for instance, and this is crazy. If I have a tree that falls in my neighbor yard, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not liable to get that tree removed. I'm not liable. My neighbor becomes liable to get it moved. So when the person's tree that lived in the house behind us, when it fell in our yard, they weren't liable for the tree. I was liable for it. And I said, how? Because I was telling my wife, because I wasn't at home, I said, hey, you need to go over there and, and talk to him and say, hey, you know, your insurance got to fix this. And then I'm glad that she was hesitant because I looked it up and it was like, you would have made a fool out of yourself if you went over there and told them that they, that they were responsible for getting that tree up. It's on my property now. I'm responsible for the removal. And I said, that's crazy. But again, if you don't know, you don't know. All right? So, and I guess the sun is coming in, so it's messing up the, the visual a little bit. So, just, just bear with me. So, getting back to the life insurance, you know, situation. They're going to run blood work. They're going to make sure that your body is in good enough condition to where they feel like that, hey, we did our due diligence. Now, if something spur of the moment happens, you know, we just bite that bullet, right? But we're going to do our due diligence to make sure that there's nothing wrong with this particular person and that they can actually, based on blood work, is actually going to be healthy enough to continue to pay for the length of this term, right? So, getting back to me weighing, you know, 265 and being down to 249 at this particular point, I was listening to Undisputed with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless one morning, right? And my mother had told me the same thing, but you know the old saying when it's like when someone tells you something and they and they say it in such a way that you can relate to it, it it comes off differently, right? So Shannon was talking that a lot of professional athletes, once they once their playing days are over, they start gaining weight. Because they have the same eating habits, but they don't have the same workout habits. Because the day in the life of a professional athlete, at least from a football perspective, you may intake 25 to 3,000, maybe even 4,000 calories a day based on your weight. And then you'll go out and you'll lift weights, and then you'll go out in the sun, and you'll practice for two hours, maybe three hours, whatever like that. And you just rinse and repeat. So you're not running the risk of you like losing, like getting so out of shape to the point that, you know, you got to take drastic measures. So I thought back when he said that, I thought about a, a, a story, right? Because that's how I was, you know, I, I would eat a lot. So I'm going to tell you a story about something, right? It's kind of funny, or at least it's funny to me. So we were in high school and I believe it was fall. So I think we started practicing football probably about two weeks before everyone came to school. So we were doing two-a-days. So we had the morning practice, and so we had an afternoon practice. So the morning practice concluded. So me and about three of my other buddies, we, we, we ended up going to a McDonald's, 
and I got about I got I got about six McDoubles, man. You know, eight dollars six of so so I I ate my six McDoubles. So and my buddies they still joke about that, you know, to this day. Like man, I remember that day, you know, shot ate through ate through six McDoubles and all that stuff like that, right? So on the way back. Uh, one of my buddies, right? It was it was almost like a reenactment of uh, Boys in the Hood. One of my buddies was like, "Man, Sean, let me out the car." I said, "What you mean, let you out the car? I'm not going back to practice, man. I don't need this." And which he did because it's like, I mean, he was, he was smart, so he was like, "I'm going to school based on my grades, you know. So I ain't got to be out here two times a day practicing football." And to be honest with you. I don't love football like this, so I'm not gonna continue subjecting myself to being out here. It is is hot in two times a day, hitting up against me. Let me out. When we get to the road, you ain't even gotta pull down the road. Let me out at the end of the road. I said, cool. And his little brother was in the car with him. I mean, with us, and he was like, well, I see when we get back. He's like, all right, we'll see when we get back. <laughs> so. We went on back to practice, man, but I ate them six McDonald's, right? Because I know, like, hey, I'm, I'm eating, but at the same time, I'm knowing that we about to go back out here in the sun for two hours, so I need all of that plus a water. I need all of that to, to, to maintain, you know, this. So we went on and practice and everything like that. And so, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't the best football player, right? I ended up getting cut at, at, in college, right? I ended up getting cut. And so, but again, I never stopped those eating habits, right? And so, but I was still able to maintain because I was still in an age where I would still go find a football game to go play, you know, flag football or something. I could still go find, you know, we were still out there shooting basketball and stuff like that, you know? So I was able to kind of maintain. But as I became an adult and got responsibilities and stuff like that, and the people my age as well that I would go out and we would, you know, play sports. We all got grown. So it didn't take long for the weight to get there. And so it just, it hit a level of, okay, Rashad, how far are you trying to go with this? Right? So, and that was me getting on the scale at 265. And then about to go on a date with my wife and I had, cause I don't have a lot of clothes, right? I don't have a lot of clothes. I don't need a lot of clothes. I'm not at home as often. I got a lot of leisure clothes, but I don't have like a, a an abundance of, as they say, go out of the house clothes, right? I tried on about five pair of pants, man. I couldn't get in the button. And I said, man, I cannot fit my pants anymore. I can't. And I said, oh, man. We got to we gotta change this, right? We, 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 you know, we, we, we got to change this, right? And so going back to, you know, the life insurance thing, right? They're going to get your weight. They're going to get your height and stuff like that. And they're going to, you know, they're like, dang, this particular person is like morbidly obese. So like, no, nah, we're not going to give you no... Three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy because you're, you're obese, right? You're not, you don't, you don't, you don't check all this stuff. So that's why 
it's interesting, right? Because that's a sacrifice that you have to make, right? To where it's like, look, I might not can invest and get and leave my children three to four hundred thousand dollars investment from stocks, bonds, you know, you know, other equities, commodities, and stuff like that. And I might not have a six-figure business. I might not even have a five-figure business. I might not have a business at all, right? But if I'm able to have my body in the right condition, I can get a two or three hundred dollar life insurance policy. And I think the average funeral is about ten to twelve, maybe fifteen thousand dollars on the high end. So after you get that and you know whatever taxes that you may have to associate yourself with, at least you'll have something, right? You'll have something to where your kids or whoever it is, they can may look at that and say, it may not be generational wealth, but it's enough money to where it can change us. We can look at this particular money, especially if, you take, if you're taking time to impute to them that, hey, you don't need to look at this money as a way for you to go out. Because I, I had a buddy of mine tell me about um, someone he knew and the guy's mother died, and I don't know how much money he got from a policy, but you know he went out and bought a Hellcat and <laughs> started buying like a whole bunch of designer clothes and stuff like that. And it's like, nah, that's not that's not the objective, right? So I don't I don't know. I, I mean, again, I can't speak for what a person may have done. A person may have said, hey, you know, in the event this this happens, you know, this is what I got, and you know, I'm not telling you what to do, but I would advise you to kind of reinvest that to to make it right. Because it, because it, I feel like it gives you a different outlook on life. Again, if you if you've been doing this to where it's like, you know what, I don't have to, I can, you know, I may not like my job, but hey, look, you know, I got a, I just inherited, you know, two three hundred thousand dollars, maybe a house, you know, from my parents or something like that. And instead of saying like, I'm gonna go blow this. It's like, no, nah, I got a, I got a new outlook on life. I can take half of myself, and then that gives that gives me an incentive to say, well, let me set this up for my children. And so you can look at it from a generational wealth standpoint, from that standpoint, right? Unless, of course, they have an apartment or something. But still, you can still take half for yourself and then have the other half for your kids. Because I was telling my wife uh, about this, and she was telling me about one of her friends. And, and like I said, I, I, I want to talk about life insurance, but but I, I just want to get this in because we're on this level. She would tell me what, what what her friend does with her income tax every year, and she's like she doesn't blow it, you know. She she uses it for this. And I said, well, maybe you should. I mean, don't tell her, but maybe you should just say, well, hey, why don't you do this with them? Why don't you get um, a custodial account and put that in there? And I kind of just did some basic math on it. And I was like, man, by the time her, her child is like 18, it's like $296,000 in the account. So it's like, you can pay for him to go to college. Like, I mean, whoop the war, or if he wants to do whatever, like 296. I mean, that's, and that's just from you doing $20 a month plus whatever your income tax is that you'll get back every year for it, right? So, but. It's kind of how you can look at it, right? So, 
the point that I'm driving home with this particular episode and this particular subject is in order to get, you know, because Nipsey Hussle had that, that famous line on his on his song, it was like million dollar life insurance on my chest. And it's like, I know a lot of people went crazy, like, oh man, I'm giving me a million dollar plan. And a lot of people probably try to get that million dollar plan. And them folks are like, no. Your body does not say that you are going to be able to be worthy of us, excuse me, extending out a million dollar life insurance policy, right? So, you don't have to join a gym. You don't have to get a personal trainer. You don't have to do all that, right? All you have to do is like what I did. You can go buy your bicycle. You know, you can get you some weights at the house or whatever like that. And just think about as a child, because I see like some of the benefits of um, riding bikes was like it helps relieve stress. And I know that's one of the biggest proponents in our community is a lot of people, a lot of black people are stressed out. And get on a bike, man. It'll help you mentally, help you physically. And if your body's good enough, you know, and you've done reasonably well with it, go get that big, go get that big million dollar life insurance policy. Go get or go get a, a six figure life insurance policy. Because your body, you've done you you've invested so well in your body that that, that you can do that, right? And we need to try to get the message out to people that it's good to get a 10, 15, maybe $20,000 policy or whatever like that. But the aspect of it is, is that we're in a race. And this is a, this is a way that if you do the due diligence and, and, and teaching proper money management, or not even just money management, right? We'll just say asset management then you can help your children immensely, right? Especially if they are willing to receive. Now, don't get to the point where we got like, um, what that was, the, the, the brother from Sweetie Pies and organized to have somebody killed for life insurance. I mean, don't, we, we, we don't need to do all that now. We don't, we don't need to have it where it's like, man, we need to hit a lick, man. We need to knock moms off, right? Like, no, nah, we don't need to do that, but... And they, you know, it needs to be a discussion. It needs to be something that's talked about, and it also needs to be talked about in reference to people making sure that their body is in the best position for them to actually obtain these particular policies, right? So that's another episode of the Paradigm 132 podcast. Be back to you again next week. Peace.